Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That is ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook or Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer those questions just as soon as we are back in the studio together. Yes. Hey, uh, welcome to SWAT Radio. Usually during this first segment, we talk about things going on in our culture. And I wonder if you've heard this, Taylor, that by 2022, which is next year, mm-hmm. by the Olympics, China will be uh cashless wow they are replacing all their cash with digital federal coin Mm. and uh they began developing this back in 2014 so six years ago and the people's bank of china has now confirmed that electronic payments are being tested in four region four regions over there and they're going to implement the digital currency system before the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. And get this, since it's begun, they've used it already, digital currency, in over 3 million transactions mm. already. Uh, they have 113,000 personal digital wallets throughout the country, 8,000 corporate digital wallets for businesses, and every transaction is monitored. Oh, wow. Every, get this, every transaction is monitored. Um, but guess what? Crude oil is usually purchased by petrodollars, which is U.S. dollar-based. These eight countries have dropped using the U.S. dollar now for the new Chinese petrocurrency the petro cryptocurrency the electronic currency russia saudi arabia angola iraq iran brazil venezuela and the united arab emirates mm. so the yuan is now the yuan the yuan is now the first major global currency to become digitized backed by gold it's backed by gold it is backed by gold really huh yep so guess what's going to happen if china goes cashless we're not going to be far behind yeah well and then if if uh you know the the leaving of the petrodollar to you know jumping off of that is going to be probably bad for the economy as well because for the long time we were considered like the gold standard the u.s dollar was the reserve currency of the world and as you know people start to move away from that they're going to be uh you know putting dollars into the marketplace and 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 you know making our uh, the power, the buying power of the dollar. Well, well think about this. Uh, the, the United States Congress, Congressional Banking Subcommittees, have already started working um, with the Federal Reserve and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology to develop and build a digital currency for our country. 
that would replace cash. That'll probably kill Bitcoin, don't you think? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I think there's going to be a, a competition, but here's the problem with it. Like in China, they will control the digital currency and track every transaction. So people always wondered, how will the mark of the beast and our ability to buy food and all that be inhibited that that as a control feature mm-hmm. if they control the currency like right now you have money in your wallet that is under your direct control right yeah. but if it's all digital guess what it's not in your control anymore mm-hmm. you they monitor everything you do and so you think this stuff is futuristic man this is like 1984 this is Orwellian in the way it's all unfolding and what's going on. And I don't know if you saw this. Um, have you ever heard of the Daily Citizen? It's a publication of Focus on the Family. Mm-hmm. Um, in January, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, it tweeted that it tweeted now they have their own little Twitter account. They tweeted that President Biden's nominee for Assistant Secretary of Health is a transgender woman that is a man who believes he is a woman. And the story included a link to an article about the nomination in their magazine. As a result, Twitter locked their account. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, because it violated their hateful conduct and violence policy. Now, the magazine never promoted violence. They never said anything hateful. All they made was a statement that the nominee is a man who thinks he's a woman and is transgender. And they they said, as a Christian organization, we would never promote violence. We simply explain to our readers the appointment, and we define what transgender women are. Those born male who believe they're women, regardless of whether they've had sex hormones or not. And Twitter blocked their account and locked down their account, and that's discrimination. That's religious discrimination, and you're going to see more and more of that unfold as the censorship continues. Mm-hmm. And one other bit of thing that we can talk about, just to throw this into the mix with you, I like doing this <laughs> uh, from this end. Um, over in uh, Denmark, did you hear about what happened over there? They are uh, uh, considering a law that requires the transcription and prior approval of all manuscripts of sermons that are to be preached in Denmark by anyone speaking a language other than Danish. And it's basically, so let's say I was invited over there to preach a message. Before I could preach in a church, I would have to manuscript out every word I say, submit that to the Danish government for approval before I would be allowed to preach. Is this just for Christians, or is this kind of geared towards Islamic uh, teaching? Well, no, it's it's about... Uh, it's a freedom of speech it, issue, it, yeah, I, I understand that, but I, like, I'm wondering if, well, if it's just geared towards Christians or not. It, it's really geared toward Christian missionaries going really? on. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, that means the government, which is a Western government now, mm-hmm. um, would claim the a power to approve or disapprove sermons that would be preached in the pulpits of Denmark. 
heard uh, that before, right? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, and some forms of the legislation would require all sermons to be submitted in this form. But the bottom line is that if you come in as a foreigner, you got to submit your message to get approval before you ever could preach it. Do you think that'll work its way here in the near future? Uh, well, you know, all it takes is for something to happen mm. and, and people go, Hey, that would be a good idea over here. You know, that's how the first transgender bathroom happened in San Antonio or I'm sorry, uh, Fort Worth and president Obama heard about it and goes, Hey, I think mm. that'd be a good idea everywhere. So he did an executive order mm-hmm. to make it, but here's what's so crazy. Christianity came to Denmark in the 10th century and, um, that's a long time ago. Yeah. And now they're saying as a government, hey, you know what? We want to censor what people preach in our pulpits. If we don't like it, we're not going to approve it. So I think we are going to see this continuing censorship happens. And I, I think for us, uh, if the progressive left and right uh, don't like a message they're going to censor it mm-hmm. and and it doesn't matter whether it's related to politics it doesn't matter whether it's related to finances we saw that with the robin hood thing mm-hmm. and uh, GameStop, and so that's the way that our culture is thinking think about this um a, a friend of mine posted this not too long ago because science is only science when they say it's science, talking about the progressive left. In other words, they want to talk about science of climate change, but they don't want to talk about science of transgender, the fact that people have a DNA that makes them male or female. Because life is only life when they say it's life. Uh, you know, they they don't want to talk about the science of when life begins in the womb, when you know, babies can respond to stimuli Mm. and they actually are thinking inside the room. They're doing things that that show life there because protests are only protests when they say they're protests. Oh, these aren't riots. These are protests that are destroying businesses and doing all that because equality is only equality when they say it's equality. They don't want equality for everybody to have an equal voice. Mm -hmm. They want their voice to be dominant. And truth is only truth when they say it's truth. And so, um, you know, we need to be people who stand for truth. SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth. And we are going to be pushed in the coming weeks and months and years. Are we going to be people that speak the truth? Or are we going to cower in fear over what might happen in response? Because if you think you're going to die for Christ uh, when you don't live for him, you're mistaken. You won't. So we need to start living for him and speaking truth. Yeah, I agree. Uh, We're up against a break. We will be back with more after the break. Uh, You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls.
Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And this week we have been looking at Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. And today we're going to be finishing that up. Um, so that is where we're at. If you missed any of that this past week, any of us talking about Acts or anything that we've talked about really ever, uh, you can go and visit uh, www. Ever? That's a yeah. long time, man. I mean, since the founding, right? You got every yeah. every episode uh, at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. And you can go to the past programs uh, page and listen there, or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio wherever you uh, download your podcast, and you can also download the SWAT app in the App Store and listen there. So, yeah, we've been in Acts looking at God's man, who was in this particular case Matthias, who was chosen uh, because Judas was one of the twelve, but Judas was a betrayer, and his ministry was to be the betrayer. When he was called, that's what Christ called him to be. He was going to be that was his role in the ministry. He was part of God's redemptive plan. And um, and so Matthias was chosen to be one of the 12 apostles in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost that would proclaim the message. And by the way, uh, if you want, you can join us at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food in the morning at 630 on San Jose Boulevard. We'll be looking at Chapter 2 and the coming of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church, and we'll be talking about that next week on SWAT Radio. But this week... We're looking at chapter 1, and we've been in verses 12 through 26, looking at 12 through 14, and uh, today we're going to go 15 through 26, and we kind of laid out that God's men follow Jesus with an abiding love. They see their circumstances through a scriptural lens, and they are called and chosen to serve a sovereign Lord, or let me restate that. They are chosen and called. To serve a sovereign Lord. And so as we think about those characteristics, following Jesus with an abiding love, that means walking with him. That's what we talked about really yesterday and Monday about how the disciples obeyed. They went back and obedience is always a mark of love for Jesus. He says, if you love me, you'll, you'll keep my commandments. And we talked about they're going back into Jerusalem where Jesus was crucified 
as Galileans who were considered outlaws, and they went back there, and they followed Jesus. They did what he told them to do. He said, go wait for the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to look at seeing circumstances through a scriptural lens, which Peter, for the first time now, takes people back to the Old Testament text about Messiah uh, in response to maybe guys that are going, what's going on? I mean, why did Judas do that? They Instead of seeing it as Judas' failure, they see it as part of God's unfolding plan. And then the third thing in verses 21 through 26 today is the chosen and called to serve a sovereign Lord. And Matthias was chosen by God. Uh, they cast lots. The last time you see him casting lots in Scripture and because after this, the Holy Spirit will come. But here they did that because they wanted this person to be chosen by Jesus. And and so that's why they did that. So I'm going to have you read verses 15 through 26. And, uh, and we're going to go ahead and uh, look at what it means to see through circumstances, through a scriptural lens, and then being chosen and called to serve a sovereign Lord. All right. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120 and said, Brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, fulfilled, excuse me, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out and it became known to all inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language Akeldama? Yeah, Akeldama. Okay, this is field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two: Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, may uh, you Lord who knew the hearts of all show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in the ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. And so going back to verse 15 here, Peter, it says, In those days Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was 120. So there's 120 believers there with the 11. And also... Um, well, it says was in all about 120. So that would include Mary, uh, Salome, Mary Magdalene, the brothers of Jesus. They were there, and he said, brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled. Notice where Peter goes. He's going back to the text, which is what Jesus always did. When Remember when Jesus used to try to teach him? He used to say, hey, hey uh, the Son of Man's going to be crucified. Mm-hmm. He, he would constantly be taking them back to text with parables and other things, but they didn't get it then. So what's the difference between now and when Jesus was walking with him on earth for Peter? 
Well, the difference is, remember, for 40 days, Jesus taught them the kingdom of God before he ascended, remember? And so he was talking to them. And back, if you go look at the last part of Luke, uh, the gospel of Luke, Luke 24, remember in that last chapter, two disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus, and they didn't recognize Jesus. And it says, starting with Moses and the prophets, he began to what? Do you remember what it says? He began to teach them all that Scripture said. I'm going to read it directly to him. He says, it says, starting, it says, I was, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written, the Christ should suffer. So he's telling them and teaching them. So he did that for 40 days. So now Peter gets it. And so he is a messenger to the rest of the believers saying, listen, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, but that were written beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas. And so he's quoting here from Psalm 69, 25, when he says, may his camp become desolate, let there be no one to dwell in it. That's a Psalm 69 quote that Peter's saying this is prophetic about Judas. And then he brings in another quote from Psalm 109, let another take his office, talking about Matthias. These are messianic prophecies that if you were just reading Psalms, you're not going to connect them unless God opens your mind to connect them. And so that's what happened with Peter. The scriptures had to be fulfilled. It was not random that Judas betrayed him. It wasn't failure only. It was part of God's unfolding plan. And he says the Holy Spirit spoke through David both about Judas and Matthias. And so all the stuff that that God had said in his word in Psalm 22, Psalm 55, Isaiah 53, Zechariah 12, about the suffering of Messiah, the Jewish people didn't really get because they were thinking Messiah was going to be a great military leader Mm -hmm. that would overthrow Rome. They didn't understand suffering Messiah. And so Peter gets it now, and he's taking them back to Scripture because think about what could have been going through their minds after what had happened they all scattered you know jesus dies and they all scatter and and then jesus came back for a while but now he's gone you know if you used to think about it how many parents how many kids were in your family uh, five total okay when your parents were there did you act different than when they weren't there mm-hmm, yeah. yeah so think about jesus being gone now it would have been very easy for them to start blaming each other for deserting Christ and, you know, it's your fault and all this. But no, Peter steps in and points them to Scripture because he's seeing circumstances through a scriptural lens now. In other words, God's unfolding plan is taking place. And I just think in our lives, a lot of times we don't do that. I mean, we we tend to look at our own circumstances through our cultural lens or a relational lens of for us, a, mm-hmm. a personal agenda lens, but not a scriptural lens about the fact that God's 
says in his word, believers going to suffer or not suffer in the world in which we live? Going to suffer. Is the world going to reject us? Reject us. Yeah. So should we be surprised that Twitter is banning, you know, um, focus on the family when they talk about transgenderism because it's truth? If we as believers espouse truth, you can expect to be banned, censored, and at some point you may be persecuted. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, I hope you'll listen tomorrow uh, because tomorrow I'm going to have John Munger, who John is his English name, his Bhutanese name is Bim, but John grew up as a Buddhist in the country of mm. Bhutan. And John came to Christ at a young age and was thrown into prison very early in his Christian walk. I mean, I think he was only about a year into his Christian walk. So I want you to imagine that. You've been a believer for a year, and you're out telling somebody about Jesus, and the police come and arrest you and throw you into jail. And they say, listen, and we're not talking a jail like we have here with TVs and weight rooms. We're talking a jail where they throw your food on a dirt floor. And that's where you that's where you get your food for the day. And so and they tell you, hey, listen, if you want to get out of here, all you got to do is deny Jesus and you can walk out. What would you do? I mean, I, I think seeing things through a scriptural lens, even if you have a limited understanding of all of Scripture, mm-hmm. maybe you only know a few uh, scriptures. The problem with us is not our knowledge of the scriptures. It's the application of the scriptures we know. Yeah. And we don't tend to see life through that lens. So when we come back, we're going to pick up on that and continue looking at the rest of this text. All right. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkston, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26 this week. And today, we are finishing up by focusing on uh, verses excuse me, 15 through 26. Um, so that is where we're at, and we're going to continue there. Yeah, and you know, um, you, ask, you ask a question in the break about Nathaniel being one. You know, that's always, uh, I guess, a good question. People wonder about names because, you know, when he, Peter, 
or when Luke wrote the names in Acts, it was Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, which um, was also known as Thaddeus. And then um, Bartholomew uh, is referred to as Nathaniel in the book of John, but in the three Gospels, he's called Bartholomew, and here he's called Bartholomew. And so, but the 12 had a very specific purpose. And, um, and Judas' part of that 12 initially was to be a betrayer. Jesus said in John six seventy, Did I not choose you, yet one of you is a devil? And, you know, the scriptures had to be fulfilled. Um, and what God wrote about uh, the betrayer in the Psalms, um, of being a friend who betrayed and stuff all had to come true. And even in John 17, Jesus said when he's praying for the disciples, he says not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that scriptures might be fulfilled. So Judas was not forced to do anything. He was allowed to do these things. And it's so hard for us to grasp that concept because you go, well, if God chose him, did he have a choice to do it? Well, he did have a choice. Um, None of us can do anything good apart from the spirit acting on us. I mean, we can do moral acts, but they're selfishly motivated. Yeah. And so to uh, Judas, people, some people go, well, he repented. No, he never acknowledged the lordship of Jesus, the deity of Jesus. He said, I've betrayed an innocent man. That's all he said. And it was a worldly kind of repentance, almost like Esau. When Esau was upset over the circumstances of what happened, there was probably real uh, regret that Jesus was being mistreated by people because he didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. And But Judas, from the beginning, was the betrayer. Jesus said, one of you is a devil, and he was talking about Judas. And so just real quick, when it says, some people say, well, you know, here it says that Judas bought a field, but over in Matthew it says that the, the priest bought the field. Well, the priest bought the field with his money. So they were surrogates for him buying that field, and he went out there to hang himself and apparently didn't do a good job, and the rope snapped. It was a very rocky area, and he fell on those rocks. Mm. And and Luke, being the doctor, writes pretty graphically that his bowels gushed out. That's a great picture for little kids, (laughs) you know. But... um, but that's what it talks about. It was called the field of blood. That's written in the book of Psalms also. And so then he goes, so so I just want to close the loop on this real quick on seeing circumstances through a scriptural lens. Um, so often when we have obstacles that come into our life, maybe even with an election that we think should have gone another way, or maybe something bad happens at work or at school, wherever you are, and these obstacles take place, they're really opportunities for us to show trust in the living God. And when we see through a scriptural lens for us today, 
We should remember what Jesus said about the way things are going to be. If they treat the master like this, why would we expect them to treat the students any different? You know, I mean, if the world mistreats him, why do we think we should be treated better for being believers? Uh, There's a real disconnect a lot of times because of false teachers and people who promote a prosperity gospel that if you follow Jesus, your bank account will be full, you will have good health, you will never have to deal with any pain Mm -hmm. and suffering if you only have enough faith, which simply isn't in the case at all. If you look at the Bible and you look at the disciples, they all suffered. Look at Paul's life. He suffered. Jesus said, if you follow me, you will suffer. You will have problems in this world. In fact, if you go into the book of Philippians, when Paul is writing to the Philippian church from prison, as he writes this, this is one of the prison epistles, he says, um, you know, that um, he counts everything as rubbish that's dung um, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord. Verse 7. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish, that I might be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that's what comes from faith in Christ. And he goes on to say in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and that I may share in his blessing, becoming like him in death. Is that what he says? He says that I may share his suffering, Mm -hmm. becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So this idea of seeing life through a scriptural lens means that we need to understand what the Bible says about being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, what that looks like, and what we should expect in that regard as we walk through life. And so uh, God's men follow Jesus with an abiding heart. They see their circumstances through a scriptural lens. And finally, they're chosen and called to serve a sovereign Lord. And in the last part of the chapter 1, we see this process about God choosing a man for a specific purpose. And what is this purpose? to be one of the 12 big A apostles. And I distinguish big A apostles from little a in that the big A apostles were foundational to the church. They had a very specific role and function. And what happens in chapter 2 is not normative. It's not normative. It's just the way it happened at the birth of the church. And so at the end of chapter 1, when they're... um, trying to do what God says by the power of the Spirit to let another one take his office, they have these two guys because you had to have uh, three specific uh, criteria were used to be an apostle. Mm -hmm. One, you had to have been with Christ from the beginning of his baptism by John the Baptist. Well, that limits the crew right there, doesn't it? I mean, there ain't – I mean – I wonder, there there probably was only a handful of people that would have been with him that long, right? Um, 
you had to have been with him or around him from that time. Two, you had to have seen the resurrection. We know he appeared to the 11, and apparently he appeared to Barsabbas and Matthias Mm. also. But again, that's a shrinking criteria from the first criteria they had to, because he didn't appear to everybody. And he did that on purpose. He appeared to those who would be his witnesses. And then the third, which is really, to me, one of the most significant qualifications of an apostle, is you have to be chosen by the Lord personally for that specific purpose. And so when the disciples were going through the criteria that the, the Holy Spirit was leading them to do, they found these two guys, Barsabbas and Matthias. And they could have easily just said, well, let's just pick Matthias. He's more godly. <laughs> he, you know, he, he carries himself better. But they didn't want to do that. Why? Because they wanted the Lord to pick him. So they cast lots. Now, this is the last time in Scripture you see them casting lots. They did it in the Old Testament to try to discern God's will. And so they cast lots, which was either like a form of dice or grabbing a, mm-hmm. the sticks, you know, and the, whoever gets the shortest one. But the bottom line is they wanted to leave it into the sovereign hand of the Lord because whoever this man was, he had to be chosen by God and called by God to serve him. And so that's what they did. And it says when they put him forward, the lot fell to who? Matthias. And when he got it, you notice that um, uh, Bersabbas didn't go, wait a minute, can we do best out of three? <laughs> you, you, you know, you remember growing up, whenever you would lose one, you would always yep. want to do another one. Uh-huh. We don't see him doing that. Why? Because he trusted in the spirit's leadership. And so, uh, Matthias was chosen by God and called to serve this sovereign Lord and proclaiming the gospel. And it says he was numbered then with the 11. So now you have 12 apostles, big A, who are uniquely called for God's ministry on the day of Pentecost, which is going to take place next week. And when we come back um, next week to talk about chapter 2, we see the birth of the church and God wanted 12 apostles. Why? Because of the 12 tribes. Yeah. There are 12 tribes of Israel and he wanted there to be an apostle for every tribe because the 12 apostles are going to be the judges of the 12 tribes. I mean, they're going to be the ones who sit on the thrones and judge them. Mm -hmm. And so Matthias, think about that. He goes from just being a guy who was there (laughs) To now he's elevated, not because of anything external, just because Jesus said, I choose you. So when we come back, we're going to kind of tie it all up together one more time, and we'll be able to take calls if people want to call in. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. That is Casting Crowns with Nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 1, uh, verses uh, 12 through 26. I had the wrong page up. I almost said 11 through 26. Um, and that is talking about uh, the choosing of Matthias and uh, just how the apostles went about that. Uh, so that's what we've been talking about uh, today and this week. So if you have any questions about any of that or would like to join the discussion, please call us at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's one eight four four triple seven SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Okay, so just um kind of summarizing everything um as God's men or God's people um you know, we are called to follow Jesus with an abiding love. And what that means is to walk with him, to walk with him daily, to to love him. And he says, if you love me, you'll obey me. So I want you to think back to the disciples. What did Jesus instruct the disciples to do after he ascended? What did he tell them to do? Go to Jerusalem and wait. Yep. And remember, that had a great cost to it, right? Mm -hmm. So they went, they obeyed. So if you're listening today, what is it that God may be asking you to do? You know, and I'm not talking about hearing an audible voice. I'm talking about through his word, you're reading what, as a believer, he's called you to do. It's probably got a cost to it, and it's going to have more of a cost as we further progress in this nation to more of a secular culture which we already are, are you going to do it? Are you going to let your love be seen, that abiding love for him be seen? Second, his men see their circumstances through a scriptural lens. Um, Prior to the resurrection and the teaching of Jesus um, afterwards and his ascension, how did the disciples tend to look at their circumstances when things were going on? How did they respond to them? Uh, with joy no 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 i mean like like when prior prior to the instruction of jesus at the ascension you know before when he was here 40 days Uh with the disciples before that before the crucifixion whenever they were in a bind how did jesus refer to the faith of the disciples and how they responded of little faith almost every time right 
very rarely, I don't even know when he said, man, you guys got that yeah. right. Because they didn't see things through a scriptural lens. When Jesus asked them, hey, he told them to go feed everybody. They go, wait, we, we don't have enough food. I mean, if we had 200 denarii, we wouldn't have enough food to feed all these people. And it says he said that to test them. What should they have been doing? They should have been looking at him. He was Messiah. He would. He had the ability to do it. Whatever you say to do, we'll do, Master. They didn't say that. They said, we, we can't do it. We need to send them away. They tended to look at things through a cultural and personal lens of their own power and ability. Um, are we doing that today? When, when you go through difficult times or when something happens in your life beyond your control, do you step back and say, okay, God, how, how am I supposed to walk through this? How do you want to lead me through this? Um, remind me of scripture that tells me how I am to respond in this situation. Or do we just try to first figure it out on our own? Our, our default a lot of times is, oh, we just do it in the physical way and mm-hmm. the human way without really thinking about his word, his principles, and his leadership in our life. And so we need to look at things from a scriptural lens and allow the Bible to inform our decisions and our responses to situations, people, and those kind of things. And then finally, God's man, what, not only follow Jesus and abiding love and see their circumstances, but they are chosen, which should make us grateful that he chose us. We didn't deserve to be chosen. Yeah. So that should create gratitude, first of all. And then we are called, which makes us more grateful that he would actually use us to serve him in any significant way. And so often we complain about the ways he's called us to serve instead of being grateful that he would call us to serve him. Because when you serve somebody doing a difficult job, do you think that brings glory to the person you're serving? Yeah. Yeah, it does. If if somebody said, I'm going to put Taylor on this job, it's a tough job. It's hard. It's very difficult, and I'm going to put Taylor on it and because I believe in Taylor. He can do it. And I know it's hard, but I'm going to use him to do and accomplish this. When you're going through the pressures and the failures and all the things that that job demands, it's easy to listen to the enemy saying, you'll never do this. I mean, you are the wrong person. You shouldn't be the one doing this. You're too messed up. Yeah. And God says, no. I want my strength to show through Taylor. I don't want it to be Taylor's uh, craftiness, his wisdom, his strength. I want it to be my strength through him. And so God is sovereign in that way, and we've got to trust him. When he chose Matthias, it wasn't because Matthias was some great leader. He just chose him because he said, I'm choosing Matthias. And so there's good. there's a lot of encouragement in that that you and I would even be sitting here talking about this today on a radio program because we don't have anything special to offer to people. Yeah. We're just here because God says, I want you guys to be here talking about this today. Isn't that cool? Yeah, so, it is. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty uh, mind-boggling, too, when you think about um, how God works. And, you know, you're talking about uh, 
being chosen for a, a difficult task like you know Matthias was, I, I would imagine that would also cultivate in you uh, you know a desire to do well for uh, your master since he chose you for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it a desire and sometimes it's really hard because that keeps us humble. Too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, do, do we have a, a call? I don't know. Tom, we got a call over there. Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Okay. Hey Lewis. Uh, welcome to SWAT radio. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm calling to to uh, to, to say that uh, coincidentally, I, I'm studying the chapter uh, that y'all are discussing or talking about. And my question is, how do y'all feel about the uh, Tom, uh, the Nelson Study Bible system? About the what? The Nelson Study the, Bible the system. Nelson- Yes, yes, because that's what I'm using currently to to study the word. Okay, the Nelson Study Bible uh, is yeah. that? Yes. Okay. Um. Uh, I I don't I'm not that familiar with it to be honest with you. Um, I don't um, I don't know that much about it. Is, is what translation is it? it it's the. Uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it has a commentary after each uh, ch- uh, chapter and uh, at the bottom of it, and it explains the the time in which the uh, the the, the, the uh, word was written. Do you follow? Yes. Uh, For example, oh. you, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, that then you know, there's a lot of study Bibles out there right now. I mean, like there's so many. Um, I, I've heard of it. I just, to be honest with you, uh, Lewis, I've not gone through and done a detailed research on the Nelson Study Bible. Um, uh, but I, I haven't heard anything bad about it. Uh, I don't know if that makes you feel better, but I haven't heard. Have you, Taylor? I haven't uh-huh. heard anything negative about it. How long have you been using this uh, study Bible? For a long time, yeah, over ten years actually. Yeah. But, uh, let me say though that I didn't start reading it consistently until about five or six years ago. Okay. Yeah. Have you found and it to be right now? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes, yes, I have. It's been very informative. And I'm currently up to chapter 13 in the in the uh, book that y'all are talking about on the air, and, and I find it very interesting, and I, I appreciate y'all's interpretation of it. Well, um, here's the one thing that I would tell you uh, about any study Bible, and I don't care if it's a Nelson Study Bible, the ESV Study Bible, or the David Jeremiah study Bible, the Tony uh, Evans study Bible, whichever study Bible you use, just remember that in case of, I think the Nelson study Bible, maybe the ESV, you've got a, a group of scholars that come together that are giving you their thoughts in a commentary form at the bottom of each page. And so the Bible clearly states 
that you need no man to help you understand the scriptures, that the Holy Spirit himself will teach you. That being said, I always advocate when you read the Bible, you read the passage first. Read it, reread it, make observations about it, what you see in the text. And and then as you pray and ask God to help you understand it, then it, it can be helpful to go to those study notes on the bottom. But I would not default to the study notes first because those are, even though they're good, most of the time they're good, again, the, the, the stuff at the bottom of the page is not inspired. It's just man trying to help you understand, just like we are on the radio trying to understand interpretation. But the part that's inspired is the text of the scriptures themselves. So just remember that, whatever study Bible you use. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yes, it does. Uh, I actually uh, refer back to the uh, King James Version uh, Bible, which mm-hmm. I, I have a copy. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the one I read from time to time. But I, I read exactly as you said the the uh the inspired word first and then the commentary to give me a better understanding if that makes any sense <laughs> well well lewis thank you for thank you for listening to swat radio and uh i appreciate so much you calling in and uh pray that you would have a good day and keep listening and listen tomorrow we're gonna have a great guest tomorrow john monger a persecuted pastor okay uh, One more question. How long have y'all been on the air? I, I just happened to run into y'all. Four years. Four years. We're on at 3 o'clock uh, weekdays, so make sure you keep turning in. We're so happy that you've been listening. Uh, we're up against the end of the, the program, so if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. And you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a nice day. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual